Welcome to the One Million Euro Podcast. I'm Aris. I talk to people from the business world about their mission and money and their rise to success. I am welcoming our guests to the studio. Welcome. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Shima. Um, I'm a vice president sales uh, and I love everything that has to do with sales. So do you mean then that like the values I have need to be in alignment with what I'm selling to somebody else? No, the way you're selling should be in alignment to who you are, because if you are oh. not doing that, I'm so whether you are negotiating your salary, whether you are selling your product, don't change yourself as a different person. Don't become a different uh, don't don't let go of your own values. Keep it. Sell in your way. But that is the tricky part. I know. Because, <laughs> you know, negotiation is a different kind of field. So, my, like, for instance, my value can be like, you know, I, I help a lot of women and I give them empowerment. But when you're negotiating, I feel that the other person should see that. Let's say yeah, but it's, it's skills, right? Sales is all about skills, building skills. So you're helping women, uh, you, you're helping build their value. And uh, once you negotiate to somebody else, whether that's a completely different person than you, mm-hmm. uh, still, you stay true to yourself. The only thing that you need is knowing what kind of negotiation methodologies they are. You need to know the person in front of me, will I convince him or her by mentioning numbers you know, do I have a person in front of me that's number focused, is a creative person? What kind of person do I have in front of me? Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, if I would be selling to you and I know I would know you a little bit, uh, hopefully after a couple of sales meeting, I would know what kind of negotiation style I need to sell to you without losing my own values. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because otherwise you just lose it. Because otherwise I feel a little bit, and that's how I feel, that you then become people-pleasing. Yeah. Because then you just lose it all and you just you so want it so bad that you Yeah, just... but I, this is also something I don't understand. You want to so bad sell to this person so that you're pleasing this person and, and trying to let go of all your values and just nodding with this person just in the hope that they say yes. And I'm yeah. thinking, why? It's one person. Do you know how many people there are in the world? Tell them yeah. to go away. Bye. I'm finding somebody else. I don't even work with people I don't connect with. I choose my customers. And if I don't feel, if I don't feel that that person would work on their sales, or if I feel like something is off, I will tell that person, I'm very sorry. They're like 20,000 or 20 million sales companies. I would definitely suggest you find somebody else. I'm not the one for you. That is a big level because, yeah. you know, when, negotiation is going on uh, and I talk to a lot of women about that then there is like this uh, I don't know this angst of promoting for once then talking about money second and then hearing no yeah if you hear no you have done something really wrong in your sales uh, process Uh, I'm going to tell you that already because if you If you do your sales sales well, 
uh, and, and that's what I want to teach everyone. If you do it well, there is no no at the end. There will be a no at the beginning and you can move on and go to another customer and don't waste your time, right? One mistake a lot of people do is they name their prices, get so nervous and then continue talking. So for example, they'd be like, okay, yeah, my service is uh, 8,000 euros. So yeah, but uh, you know, we can always see uh, if another package suits you better or maybe you want to first look at this. So instead of letting the customer think, Mm -hmm. you named your price, you got ashamed of your own price. So I sense that as a customer. And then you continue talking, which means for me that you have overcharged that 8,000 euros because you don't believe it. You don't believe that anybody would buy it. That's why you talk so much. And that's why you were talking about, I can cut the price down or go down. Did you hear me say that I had budget constraints or did you hear me say that was too much? Mm -hmm. Often the customer don't even has the chance to say something. So when you name your price and your value is good, for the love of everything, play the game. Who can be quiet the longest? But that is really a skill. Yeah, because people are not comfortable being in silence. They think they should fill it, which I think the greatest asset as a person is sometimes to be silent. You learn a lot. Yeah, because I've noticed as well when uh, sometimes I was talking with people and um there was something going on. And I, then I said, like, I'm going to be silent for once. And I just let it. And I could feel, you know, that it's so uncomfortable. But I said to myself, I don't see anything at this moment. I just see how it goes. And the funny thing was in that conversation where it was not going well, that the other person started moving towards me. But yeah. I didn't ask anything. It's so all. funny. The things you learn when you just, it's nice. It's, it was, <laughs> and I was looking, I didn't say anything. And then the person asked me like, what do you want me to do? What do you expect from me? And I said <laughs> to the person, I don't expect anything. I frankly. No, so the one thing anything. you can count on, the one thing you can always count on is that people don't like silence. They yeah. will always feel it. That's the one thing that you can count on. So when, um, There are two things. One, be quiet, and then you will hear a lot of new things probably. And second, don't be afraid to walk away. What do you think that person is the only person in the world? That there is nobody else who will be interested in your product or in you or whatever? Yeah, Uh, but I feel like that is really, you already have developed your confidence and what you're worth and your value because walking away. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the scariest things for a lot of people. Yeah. But if you have in your mind and you know how big the world is, even if, in the, even if your, your product or your service is Dutch and you only have the Dutch market, you have the Dutch and the Belgian market, right? So you can do two things. We have 18 million people here. <laughs> What's that one person going to do? It's 18 million yeah. people. But let's say you're in a negotiation with your job or, and that does not work out. Okay, well, you two choices. You can either uh, ask during that after that meeting, what did I what went well and what did not go well, or why did you not give me a raise? Ask for an explanation. So you know what to do next time, right? And mm-hmm. if you really think, okay, they won't give me uh, a higher salary, I'm not happy here, then uh, find another job. Again, there are 80 million people. There are also 80 million companies uh, or more even. Find another job. Don't throw away, throw away your old shoes before you have new ones. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only job in the world. 
And it's not the only person in the world. No, but I just, I'm just still feeling in like, how can then sales be, feel like more like into a flow kind of thing that you just yeah feel better? I, I actually, um, it, I, I, I build up a sales strategy, but by trial, right? <laughs> by falling down and, yeah. and standing up. And I found a way that fits me so well, but I've also found a way that um, can be used by other people and they use their own values, right? So there's always um, what I do in sales and maybe this, let me give you one big, huge tip for a lot of people uh, for free here. When you have your first discussion with someone, doesn't matter uh, how they came in, when you have a first discussion about your products or your services, make sure that when you have this person on the phone or face-to-face, that you figure out what they want from you, what the timing is, if they make the decision by themselves or with multiple people, and ask them, and I know this is very scary, what budget they have. And maybe you can even tell them, you know, the reason I'm asking is because I don't want to waste your time. Uh, I want to make sure that it's aligned with what you expect. Um, because if not, we can stop the conversation here. Yes. And then it comes to money talk. Yeah. Because money, you know, we all have different opinions and feelings about money. Yeah. But I think we Dutch people made it really scary. Like one of our... It feels like money, a horror movie in the Netherlands because nobody talks about it. Everybody's so secretive. I ask everyone in my surrounding, do you know that? What do you make? I always ask. I'm curious. <laughs> and do they answer you? <laughs> well, they're always like, oh, uh, uh, why do uh, they're uncomfortable? And then I yeah. tell them, why are you uncomfortable sharing? It's just your salary. You're exchanging your time for money. Why won't you share it? I will share mine. I don't mind. And then, and then if I think I can help them increase it, I would say, did you, uh, when was the last time you had a negotiation conversation with your boss? Often the answer is never, which I'm like, wow, maybe you should start doing that. Yes, because that money talk, yeah. like you said, like money is like uncomfortable. Uh, you just feel pain in your stomach. It's yeah. like not coming out. And then you need to ask, like if you are asking for something terrible or something. It's this the feeling of money. It's so, again a mindset. You made it scary in your head. Mm-hmm. And how did you make it more comfortable for yourself to talk about money? Well, when I was little, I never had it. So <laughs> it was very easy. I used to travel um, a lot and I... It humbled me a lot, seeing how other people lived and uh, how happiness, and I'm not saying money doesn't make you happy. Money makes me very happy and makes a lot of people happy because when you can't pay your bills and uh, so I'm not that kind of person, right? I'm happy with money. But I also saw that, you know, I don't need fancy or nice things. I lived three years out of a suitcase. I didn't have furniture or a house, which I was completely fine with. And once I moved back to the Netherlands, my house, I think the first furniture, I bought a bed. And then the second furniture I bought like a year later, which was a desk. <laughs> so I yeah. think it, it's the way you have been brought up with money, right? But if you mm-hmm. really are scared to talk about money or you feel uncomfortable, the only recommendation advice that I have is start feeling very uncomfortable the next couple of months and start talking about it. Because it's just you who have to force yourself to get out of that uncomfortable zone. 
to just have that money talk how talk much with your friends about money you read about money um you know uh, uh, uh listen to podcasts about money uh, see what other people say about money and have that conversation it always starts with your friends right have mm-hmm. the conversation with your friends first so how much do you make And if they don't say, you say, but what, you're FBI? Why are you not sharing? (laughs) What's the secret here? I'm not going to judge you. I'm curious. I want to know. Yeah, because I think, you know, when we talked about negotiation, it's the skills to negotiate, but also the the courage and to be comfortable to talk about money and what you're worth. Yeah, and and, um, um, uh, I would say, Stay tuned because I'm also making a training on how to negotiate with your boss because it's not only about the skills. Um, we employees have a way of intimidating, not intimidating, but um, when I would tell to you, when you come to me, for example, and you say, uh, I would like to make this per year, like 90K. And then I will come back to you and I say, hey, Iris, uh, I've did my best. I've negotiated for you. I made sure that, you know, because I really value you and I'm able to get you 75K. We usually don't do negotiation at this time and place, but, you know, because you came to me, because I really appreciate you, I'm able to increase it to 75K. I really hope that you're happy with it. What would be your answer? Oh, I would not be that happy. No. But you won't say no. No. You won't negotiate. You won't come back to me and say, no, 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 but go back and try again. You know what some women think? Oh, that's so nice of my uh, boss or CEO that he made this negotiation for me. And oh, yeah, I understand. Uh, It's a crisis time, which I. Yeah, I know it's crisis, but not for you. So (laughs) the company is still making money. Um, So it's the way, you know, yeah, you need skills, but you also need to be able uh one of the beautiful things of sales is that you need to be able to see what somebody else is not saying Mm. body language um wording they use um and i think women i think we should i think women have the opportunity to become amazing salespeople just because our intuition and the way that we already have a lot of strengths and skills that are compatible for sales which we are then not I'm using wondering, in this example that you're giving of that 90k and that boss comes back with 75k what kind of non-verbal skills or reading between the lines i could do then well you what know thing? it's it's it, it would be very naive of you to think that your boss um would negotiate as hard for you as he would for himself yeah <laughs> yeah as long as they're not paying your sandwich, make sure they won't negotiate as you would do yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, yeah, closed arms, um, writing things down, hush, rushing you. This is a very common one. Rushing so that mm-hmm. you don't have time to think. Mm, yeah. It's a common one. Um saying that there's no way that you can have an increase because no, it's not the time, no way that we can have an increase. I'm, I'm betting you that he just had his own uh, increase of salary. Mm. Yeah. But then you mean, have to be really um, also at peace um, in this conversation Again. because you need to be alert of everything what is going on. 
it's not at peace. It's more take your time. Take your time. Have those awkward silence. Ask your question. Go back, listen, and then take your time. You don't have to respond once, once the other person finished their sentence. You can stop. You can be like, okay, that's interesting. I would always recommend to say, thank you so much for your input. I'm going to have to think about it, and I will come back to you. Always. Because... You know, there's so many things that you haven't seen mm. during the meeting or that you haven't picked up on, but unconsciously you have picked up on it. You know, when you're like later, you're saying, ah, oh, I yeah. saw that he said this and, oh, I should have said that or, oh, I should don't mm. have that. Stop the conversation, tell them you think about it and that you have to come back to them and yeah. then t- give yourself time to think about it. If, if, if they're rushing you for sure, you're able to uh, get more. <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing that because it's it's I think I feel like if you could see negotiation in more like a game or more that it is a play that you are doing that it could lift some of the the hard things what it's feeling. Yeah, I'm going to say something that's going to that's going to sound arrogant. I get my customers uh at that point where they love to negotiate. I'm able to do that. It mm. takes me a while. But I'm able to do that. That they that they and love getting the money and really are excited about negotiation. Yeah, because, because they understand how it one. works. Yeah, when you understand how it works and you and you're like, okay, I'm getting excited. I'm going to negotiate. Yeah. It's a different feeling when you go into a conversation like yeah. that. Yeah. Then I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. I think I'm my two again. main uh, advices would be: first of all, don't make somebody more important than you. Mm-hmm. Put them on the same level as you. It takes away so much stress and so much pressure. And if you have um, difficulties doing that, then just act like they're your grandma, grandpa, brother, mother, father, whatever, or best friend in front of you. But put them on the same level. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's uh, the king or the CEO or if you're talking to Elon Musk. Again, He's going to the bathroom just like you. <laughs> he's eating just like you. I'm sure he's not a robot. So it's a person just like you. So treat them the same way you would, would like to be treated, of course, mm-hmm. and put them on the same level. And the second um, bit of advice would be, um, you know, take the time. Don't rush. Be quiet. Think about the words that has just, you know, that you have just heard. Uh, or think or get your give your customers the time to process what you just said to them. Um, and the last one would definitely be don't th- talk from your perspective. It's boring. Nobody cares <laughs> if you're selling something. Right. It will be if I'm selling, for example, um, I'm, I want to sell my online sales training, but it would be really weird to say, hi, I'm Shima. I made an online sales training. I'm 20 years in sales. I have done uh, this and this and this. And I did that. It's so boring because me as a customer would be like, I don't care who you are, maybe later on. But now I care what you can do for me. So mm-hmm. if I would say, you know, uh, hi, I, uh, there's an online sales training that can help you be more comfortable in selling, that can help you increase your sales and also see whether you have the correct prices, yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's much more interesting. And then the person would like to know, okay, but who are you to do that? Huh? That could be. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, I have this experience. 
But if you want to catch them, start with something that's relatable to them. Yeah, it's a new perspective. It's shifting from looking from yourself than from the other person. I don't, yeah, no, it's not new. I mean, we're very, uh, we're, uh, we're really selfish and egocentric people. Uh, I mean, if you, I heard a lot of people who say, I'm so scared of networking. Why? People love talking about themselves. Ask them one question and that's it. <laughs> yes. Why is it scary? It's really, I, I, people love talking about themselves. Just recently, I had a meeting with somebody of a private equity company, like a big boss, and everybody was like, oh my God, it's so exciting. I asked him one question. 45 minutes later, I had to say, okay, but I have to go uh, next meeting. Uh, people love talking about themselves. And if you're quiet, they will continue. Mm-hmm. That's true. Networking is always a really important thing to do as well. 100%, definitely. Definitely. And, it shares um, your passion with them. And if you just, what is the biggest lesson that you're grateful for if you look at the sales? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the biggest lesson. Yeah. Uh, the biggest lesson is to treat everybody like humans. Like that's same. my biggest lesson. Um, the moment I started to treat everyone, you know, at the same level as me, it became much more easier. And some people may say, yeah, but that only works in the Netherlands. I'm doing this everywhere. I'm even doing it in Germany where hierarchy is so super important. I don't. I will address you the same way you address me. And I will put you at the same level as me. And I will talk to you and see what you find interesting and what for you is important because What people are forgetting is you're not selling to companies. You're not doing business with companies. You're doing business with people who work in that company. Mm -hmm. And those people have their own agenda. They have their own things that they want to accomplish or reach in their personal and business life. Once you are aware and once you know that, it's much easier. I also never understood why somebody, <clears throat> why you would start a sales um, talk and a first meeting. I have never understand that. In my mm-hmm. first meeting, I have done, first of all, a lot of homework, knowing what the company is doing, well, knowing what the industry is doing and knowing the person because everybody has a social media nowadays. And then in that meeting, I just ask a lot of questions. What do you want to reach this year? If you, uh, uh, what would be a successful year for you this year? What, what is on the calendar, right? What is your strategy this quarter? Um, private life, uh, what would be uh, for you uh, the most, uh, the best accomplished uh, year? Those things, uh, what do you see in your own industry? What do you think you miss? Uh, if they work with my competitor, I would ask them, okay, what do you, what is a competitor missing at this moment that you don't have? Uh, And did you ask them and what kind of number would you give the competitor or the person that you're working with at this moment? And why not an eight or a nine or a 10? Because we Dutch people will never give a nine. We always give a seven, right? Mm -hmm. So in this way, I learn a lot about that person, a lot about what they find important. And if you really want to know what a person finds important, they will repeat it a couple mm-hmm. of times in the same meeting, that point is very important to them. Write it down and use it in your next meeting. The next meeting where you connect the challenge, the issue, whatever they have to your service or product without selling data, eh? 
but just saying, mm-hmm. hey, last time I heard this challenge, this, this, and this, um, would that, that, and that help? Would that fix it or would that help it or would that support it? Yes or no. And then you adjust it. If it's yes, awesome. I can do that. Yeah. It is just more like getting to know somebody first. Yeah. What yeah. they want, what they like, what they don't like, what yeah. went wrong, what yeah. went well. And then later on moving into do your homework and, and ask people a lot of questions. Be, I mean, to be able to sell to somebody is to be able to know what they find important. And that you can take that. And if you look at for yourself, what are you think for yourself you're really grateful for? Life in general. <laughs> um, I grew up as a foster child, or actually I lived in uh, orphanage houses, foster parents, crisis house. I've been around. I moved like I think 30, 35 times before I was 18. And what I'm most grateful for are um, knowing that you can choose your own family and um, that I can, you know, fill out my life exactly the way I want. So I don't follow um, um, society rules. I am, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not intending to have those. I want to travel. I want to see things. I want to be spontaneous. I want to be able to, uh, my most happiest moment is waking up in the middle of the night at two o'clock thinking, I'm bored. I can't sleep. Uh, You know what? Let me take my car and drive to the beach. Mm-hmm. and then sit there wait until the sun comes up i think those those small things are for me like the best moments in my life doing things like that mm, wow that sounds really amazing yeah there's little things you can do we can be grateful for and just have yeah. that moment of all it's it's not much right it's the capability of I don't know, not working for an afternoon because you prefer to sit on the balcony with a good book. Yeah. I, I love I love the freedom in my life. Yeah. And also that you can be grateful just sitting on your balcony, for example, and yeah. reading a book and enjoying That I have a roof over my head, that I have food, <laughs> that I have whatever I need to function as a person. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, 100%. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Is there something else you just want to say to the listeners? before we wrap up yeah um most of the fear is in your own head you're making it scary um so it's like thinking there's something in the back of your eye and uh uh, thinking you have a ghost in your house because you just watched a horror movie you are making it more scary than it actually is you making sales more scary than actually is Uh, and actually my advice would be and just go for it Because who's going to pay your rent or your food? Nobody but you. So go for it. You're your biggest, um, your biggest salesperson, your biggest ambassador is you. So just go for it and just start loving sales. We'll start love. No, well, yeah, start loving. Love what you do and then it will sell easily. Love what you do and then it will sell easily. Yeah, but have at least in your back of mind, how to negotiate, to talk about money, take all that knowledge with you and then just do what you love. Wow. I think we'll take the time to let that sink in. Thank you so much, Shema. Thank you so much for having me here. 
This was an episode of the One Million Euro Stories. There is a new world to unlock. Let's believe. Let's be bold. Let's be fierce. Let us open a new door. I am Aris from the One Million Euro Stories. Thank you for listening. And if you want to make sure that you know when a new episode comes out from the One Million Euro Stories, click on subscribe on your podcast app. And you will be notified when a new episode comes out. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time.